Our text today from Ephesians chapter 5, for you were in darkness, but now, now you're light in the Lord. You know, dear friends of Christ, we've been through a lot, and uh, this is really a dark time, and, and darkness is not a fun thing. Back in 1840, Richard Henry Dana wrote a book, and it's his memoirs of traveling. He was traveling from Boston to California, but not in a car. Remember, this was 1840. He took a ship. And the ship, uh, this was days before the, uh, the Pamina Canal, and so uh, you had, it took him two years to make this journey from, from Boston all the way down uh, to the southern tip uh, of Cape Horn uh, in South, South America. And he eloquently describes the dangers of being on the ship and making that journey. He, he eloquently describes the icebergs and the dark days and the dark nights. Constant darkness, constant cold, rain, snow, freezing temperatures, wet clothing. And finally, when they got around the Cape and headed north, the warmth of the sun. Weeks after shivering, weeks of freezing cold, the warmth of the sun was an incredible gift. A gift that he would never take for granted again. So often we take the sun for granted. Now, I'm not take, talking about the S-U-N. I'm talking about the S-O-N. We take Jesus for granted. And, of course, uh, we take his sacrifice for granted. Lent is here in this season so that we not take that sacrifice for granted, that we remember who he is and what he's done, that we not take his love for granted and consider the cross seriously. It's, Lent is a time to remind us of God's incredible redeeming love and sacrifice and that's the one constant he, that is in your life. It's the one constant that never changes. He is always there. And so our theme for this morning, living in the light of Christ. During Lent, we always journey with Jesus to the cross. And, uh, and why is he making this journey to the cross? Well, he's doing it because he loves you. He loves you dearly, and, and, he, and He made that sacrifice to save you and gave His life to forgive your sins, and you live in that reality. You bask in the past of all of that. You live in that amazing truth that He's your Savior, that He has redeemed you, and your Heavenly Father invites you hour by hour and minute by minute all the time to be with you. You are, Paul says it this way, you are light in the Lord. No, notice the present tense. You are light. Not that you will be. You have to attain to be. You have to try to shine. You are light all the time. And you need to know that. You know, whether you get sick with the coronavirus or not, you are light. God loves you. And you're saved for all eternity. And we're amazed at that love because we know we don't deserve it. We know that we are sinners by nature. However, whether you deserve it or not, Christ says you are light in His Son. And, and you live in the light of Christ. Paul loves to remind us that God has delivered us from darkness. He says it over and over again. You've been delivered from darkness into the, the, the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of light. And in our text, Paul says it this way, For you were once darkness, 
but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. You know, in the light of God, God came to the people of Ephesus, the people in, in Ephesus. And these Ephesians were used to living in darkness and unbelief. They were steeped in it. Uh, in a, they were a very unbelieving culture. Acts chapter 19 describes the people of Ephesus and their darkness. They worshipped gods such as Zeus and Mars and Apollo and Venus. Um, their favorite goddess was Diana, and they, they built uh, a great statue to her in their harbor, just a magnificent, they were so proud of that statue that they made to honor and worship Diana. But how everything changed when they came to believe in Jesus. The light of God's word changed them. They gave up. Those who came to Christ gave up their witchcraft. Those who came to Christ gave up their sorcery because, you see, they were caught up in the occult. And Acts 19 says it this way, many of those who believed now came and openly confessed their evil deeds. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly and when they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. That'd be about $7 million in today's money. That's a lot of stuff to burn. Why would anybody burn $7 million of stuff? Well, I want you to think about how Christ had changed their lives. You see, they'd been used to living in the darkness. They'd been used to living in fear with no direction and no purpose not knowing who they are or where they're going. And now they appreciated the light, the truth, transformed their hearts, and they now lived in God's forgiving love, and they repented, and they were changed. That's what happens to people who walk in the light. They change because they live in the light of Christ. Every day, Paul instructed the people of Ephesus. He would go to the hall of of. Uh, Tyrannus, and he would preach there. He did it for two years, patient, patient, two years, preaching and teaching. He wanted everybody to know the message of Christ. You know, they'd been in darkness. It was going to take a while. But now they saw. They saw what God had done, and they learned things they'd never learned before. And so the Ephesian culture walked in darkness. I could say, I think pretty easily, that we can see how our, our culture walks in darkness too. We, we, might not, we may not be caught up in the occult, worshiping Satan. We certainly have our own religions of self-pleasure and self-gratification. The God of this world is selfishness. People today call themselves very religious, though. They're very spiritual. However, they want their spiritism on their own terms. And they want their spiritism in such a way that they can live in their own darkness and enjoy their own desires. You know, at the beginning, God made man in His image perfect and without sin. Today, we make God in our image imperfect and loving and accepting of sin, unholy. The Lord speaks to us in His Word, and the Bible calls us out of that darkness. 
but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. I want you to picture yourself living in a dark room. I mean, it's, it's utterly dark. You can't see a thing. The hand in front of your face, you can't see it. And you have no knowledge of God. You have no knowledge that there is anybody there who can rescue you. And so you sit in the darkness of that, of that prison of darkness. That's how unbelievers go through life. They live in that darkness, but, but they don't know it because that's all they know. It's normal to them. That's natural to them. It's agreeable to them. However, if they could see the light, uh, what a difference that would make. Listen how Isaiah vividly describes the futility of unbelief. He says, we grope like blind men along a wall. We grope like people without eyes. We stumble at noon as if it were twilight. We're like dead people among healthy people. And what does Paul say about all the believers in Jesus? He says, but now you are light in the Lord. You live in a lighted room. Now you see things differently. You live because the light is turned on, and it's changed how you see the world. It's changed how you see the things around you, the events around you. There is a God, and He is in control. Even in the midst of COVID-19, God knows what He's doing, and He has a plan. But I've been thinking probably like you, doing a whole lot of thinking this past week and in these past weeks with this whole COVID coronavirus. We've never seen anything like this. What's going on? What does the Lord have planned? What's He up to? What is all this about? And and maybe you're thinking other things too, darker things, maybe questioning God. And we have questions like, what's, what's God going to do with all the health care providers, all the nurses and the doctors that are taking care of the sick? Who's going to take care of them, Lord? Or the people at risk? Lord, we've never experienced a darkness like this. How do we walk through this darkness as believers? Well, you walk through this darkness because you are children of light. And since you walk in light, you see all His blessings. In the midst of all things, you see the Savior lying in a manger and you understand. In the darkness of, of Gethsemane, you see Jesus praying just before He dies. Father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering, let me not have to bear the sin of the whole world. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. I don't want to do it. Is there another way to save the people? Nevertheless, if this is the only way, let your will be done, not mine. And you understand that. And during the dark hours of the cross, we see more than hand, nails in His hands and nails in His feet, and we see the weight of the whole world's sin placed upon His back. And, and, and we understand that. 
In the midst of all that darkness, you understand his suffering, you understand his death. His blood paid the price for the sin of the whole world, every sin that you've ever committed. And you know the power of his resurrection, and you understand all of that because you are light in the Lord, and how you perceive things has changed. And you see, because Christ has come to you with his light to shine in your heart and in your mind. You're different. And your life has changed. And you have a different future. Your future has changed. You view things differently. You you choose to walk differently among all the other people around you. And you do things to follow in the ways of this God, in the truths of this God. You follow the truth of His Word. And Paul says, the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. The fruit of light is found in what's good and right and true. Find out what is pleasing to the Lord. That Greek word find out literally means to test. And one of the joys of being a Christian is that we are capable of testing what God's will is. And we know His will. It's revealed to us in His commandments, the Ten Commandments. We're able to learn them. And as we grow in faith, we desire to follow Him. That's why Paul continues, Have nothing to do, Christians, with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. They expose the deeds of darkness. Stay away from things that reflect the darkness of the world. You know, the Christians in Ephesus, they burned all their books on sorcery. As Christians today, you hold in your living room, in your hand, a TV remote. You hold the TV remote in your hand and you say, I'm not going to let that darkness into my house. And you hold a cell phone in your hand and you say, I'm not going to let that darkness come into my life. Why do you think there's so much darkness on TV and on the internet? Now think. It's because the world lives in darkness. And that darkness is trying to embrace you. And what does Paul say? Don't join the darkness. Expose it. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. You know, it's, it's possible for people to live a secret life on the internet. It's possible to look like a child of God with light on the outside and so many dark hidden secrets on the inside. Coming to church every Sunday, but then living as a child of darkness throughout the week. It's so easy to have secret contacts from the land of darkness. And it's under this cover of darkness that Satan works his best. That Satan seems especially good at leading Christians back into that darkness. And that's why Paul exhorts Christians To stay in the light of God's Son. Stay in the light of Christ that Jesus has won for you. His light exposes 
what darkness is. But everything exposed by the light, he says, becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This thought of making everything visible is also found in 1 Corinthians. Jesus is coming again here. It's his second coming, and he's coming in his glory, but he's going to expose the sin of man. He's going to expose the deeds of darkness of the world. Paul says it this way, Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men. And that's why Paul gives us this warning, my friends. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It's thought that this was one of the early hymns of the Christian church, and they sung it over and over with great joy. Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Ephesians has one of the greatest prayers in the Bible, and especially in the Bible for staying in the light of Christ's love. Let me read it. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. And that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be the glory in the church. And in Jesus Christ through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Listen, my friends, right now, you may be experiencing the darkest, the coldest, most fearsome, concerning, duriest time in your life. And yet you live. And you always live as Christians in the light of Christ. And the light changes how you see things. The light changes everything and how you deal with everything. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen.